time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Big Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan of Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And Brian Broaddus, roll tide, baby, in your face, LSU Tigers. You lost. Go Bama. Go Crimson Tide. Proud alum, Brian Broaddus. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a tough game for your Tigers. I, I, yeah, Texas What's, barely escaped against Kansas State. I did not go there though. You didn't go to school in Texas, did you? Did not you, go. You, no. Are you giving me the workforce you, at eighteen? Are you giving me hell that uh, about this <laughs> about? Te- see, the thing about it is, and I see what you're doing, but real quickly, it happened today. <laughs> and we, we were, were talking about on Tuesday night. Yeah, we were talking the worst fan bases in college football. Mm-hmm. And there was a top 10 list. This was Zach Wolchuk's list on 420 today. There's a top 10 list that's really good every day. And we'd go through it. And so I made the point that we were talking about the Notre Dame fan base. And I said, there's a lot of fans of Notre Dame that never attended school at Notre Dame. And I'm one of these guys that I really don't appreciate you getting in my face about your program if you've never attended the school. If you never set foot on the campus of South Bend or set foot on the campus at Austin or wherever, I will respect your fandom all day. If you want to be a fan of another program and you're, you know, you, you know, you, that, that's what you want to do. Great. But I'm not going to take any of your crap when (laughs) you like get in my face about your program and you didn't even attend school there. So I'm okay. Seriously. I'm okay with fandom. And then the example I gave, I went to a seven-overtime game uh, in, at Kyle Field uh, when LSU and, and Texas A&M played, and A&M, uh, LSU lost that game. Is that before Jimbo was there to ruin the program? No, Jimbo it was a Jimbo year. It was a Jimbo <laughs> yeah, year. Uh, Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond yeah. had an incredible game. And I walked out of that game at Kyle Field, and all the people around me yelling and screaming, I had my LSU gear on. And I did nothing but say congratulations, you know, well played, congratulations and all that, you know. But, you know, if a lot of those fans, a lot of those people go to school and they, and they, and they have every – they could get in my face all they want. But if you're one of those folks that didn't go to that school and you're, and you're getting in my face, I ain't got no time for you, bro. I really don't. That's, and that's... I use the word bro and I hate when people do that to me. But I – I know. Here we are starting off this show, but I just, I, I, yeah, I just think it's, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that you, you know, that people want to attack others about their schools and all. That's cool. If you, you know, if you went to that school, great. If you didn't go to that school, keep your damn mouth shut. <laughs> I love, I love Brian getting worked up, guys. He's still nursing a hangover from uh, the 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 party as well, the the Texas Rangers party. That was yeah. that was an aggressive was party a, time. So yeah. he's in no mood. He's in no mood for your Jalen Milrow trash talk. He doesn't want yeah. any of it. He you went to school a- at hey, <laughs> you went to school George Teague at Alabama, or you went to school uh, who all the other people? Uh-huh, I mean, I know Clinton about, Dix, Clinton. You know anybody? Anybody that wants to? Anybody Tony that Dixon. wants to? Yeah, anybody that wants to give me grief about LSU and Alabama and they went to school at Alabama, I'm all for it. I'm all for the smoke. 
I'm all for it. But you, if you're one of those T-shirt alum, I ain't taking your smoke. Sorry. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good way to get this one started out. Let's talk about some smoke. And that's the smoke the Philadelphia Eagles gave the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at the link. A 28-23 loss for the Cowboys. This was an interesting game, Brian, because, you know, it feels like when you come out of a loss – particularly a division loss, there's like these heartbreaking things you can point to, like, man, the secondary was just so bad, or, man, Dak just, he he didn't have it that day. This was a game that it felt like Dallas won most of it. Like, it felt like they were better for most of the day than Philadelphia, to me anyway. I I think for the the total of the 60 minutes, it it was the, the line that was coming out of this game a lot was a game of inches, or the little things and the details, and that's really where Dallas lost this game. Outside of and we'll get into this here in a sec. Outside of a, a guy that I've I've liked and been a fan of and still believe in, but uh, just an absolutely brutal day from Terrence Steele. Um, the pass protection was a big problem, but still, you still threw for he almost four hundred yards. He yeah, wasn't you the still, only one, and you still threw for almost four hundred yards. Yeah, passing game was able to be productive enough. Yeah, you know, when you get out of the fourth quarter of a game and you've outgained the Eagles essentially two hundred to fourteen, right? You expect to have more than six points coming out of that quarter, I think. And so, yeah, frustrating day for the Cowboys. But Brian, your your kind of big picture takeaway from this game between the Eagles and the Cowboys? I thought it was really unfortunate, Bobby. That uh, here's another game where we have the uh, uh, the situation turns into what they call nine one one, where it's an emergency, right? Mm-hmm. Limited time on the clock, limited opportunities at the end, have to execute at a very high level to win the game, uh, can't have mistakes, uh, have to be able to get uh, you know, get lined up, make sure you get the snap count right, uh, don't take delay of games. You know, anything nine one one, it's it's all emergencies at that point. It's the second game that I could think of against a major opponent. Well, the Cowboys didn't handle the nine one one very well. Look at the San Francisco playoff game. Yeah, the one that you know. There's been games with under Mike McCarthy where they haven't handled. Maybe the best one they've ever handled was the long drive that Dak took him against Houston, where it looked like you know Houston was doing the same thing. Uh, Houston was kicking your ass, and they find a way. You know, Dallas Dak takes them this long drive, and you find a way to win the game. Yeah, that way. Game you should have lost. Game you should have lost. You know, you got to give credit, Dak, to them and, you know, getting that done. But these 9-1-1 games are vital when, you know, routes to the end zone, combinations of routes, blocking up front, game management, running the football, not being able to run the football, getting a stop, fair catching the ball, not letting it hit the ground and let time run off the clock. You know, 9-1-1 – you know, there's legends are made from that situation. Sure. Uh, my, Joe uh, Montana made a career out of it. John Joe Elway Montana. made a career out of it. I'll give you my Dallas Cowboys of uh, 20 years ago in a Cowboys game. Roger Staubach. Yeah. Roger Staubach lived for the 9 game. More than 20, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of where, that's where I feel like that we're, that the Cowboys are different than a lot of teams around the league. That, you know, there's, when Kansas City gets a nine one one, they're going to win. Generally, they're going to win. Joe Burrow, you know, when he gets a nine one one, he's going to find a way to win. You know, you have to be ready in those situations. You just can't run four verticals and hope that the quarterback is going to make a miracle throw. 
who's that who's that on the the consistent failure in in high pressure situations here's the thing i think i think i don't think any of us disagree real quick yeah go ahead real quick just let me say this and you asked me who who do i blame on this how many days and and this is going to sound horrible and i don't mean it to sound horrible but it's something you have to think of how many days do we have wednesday these veterans didn't practice Thursday, these veterans didn't practice. Veteran days, you yep. know. Are we? Are we? You know. Now maybe Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith t- turned the clock back to Tyron Smith of, you know, of two thousand and five. He was dominant. He, he, he was. was he was. He was. He was great. I said two thousand five. How he hadn't been in the long league that long, right? It's, <laughs> it feels like. But, he you, has but been. you get my understanding. Yeah. He's. You know. I mean, he he was vintage, Tyron Smith. Yep. And you know, he didn't practice. And he went out there and he played a whale of a game. But you're in a situation where you have all these veteran days and guys not practicing. Are we making some mistakes because not all we're not practicing everything? You know, we're talking about classroom things and it's all that. But when you're going out there and you're talking about, okay, final play of the game, you know, the one route they ran, Bobby, at the end of that game was the one they threw to C.D. Lamb. Everything else was vertical to the end zone. Yeah, everything was vertical. There was no, okay. The, I love what the design was to, to to Lamb. I would have loved it even better if somebody was coming the other way to get a pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, a, honestly, a, that, not, was, that I, was the play that I wondered. I wondered if they were going to design a catch and pitch, like a catch I, and that, pitch. Yeah, you know, and and but you got the delay of game penalty or false start. What was the penalty that took him back five yards? Because you needed those. That five was that yards. was that was a false start. Then it was a sack. Then it was a delay of game. There you go. Okay, so now you're, you know, you needed those five yards. And unfortunately, you didn't have them. But the 911 plays, the 911 games, I know I'm saying that a lot, but you've got teams, teams find ways to win games like that. You had the ball first and six on the six, right? First and five on the six, yeah. Five, first and five on the six. <laughs> Here we are, you know, we, they've had red zone problems, they've had tight red zone problems. You know, they are 31st in the NFL, Brian. They are second to last in the NFL in goal to go conversions. They're 50%. Yeah. There you go. That's unacceptable. It's it's funny when you and mentioned. I'm sorry the, for interrupting you, Bobby. I no, really no, 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 no. I was on no, no. I mean, I, I I essentially had interrupted you in the start with the question. I just what I'm curious about is when we consistently see. I, I don't think the question is are the Cowboys talented enough to hang with these teams? They absolutely are. They're incredibly yeah. talented. They're as yeah. talented as anybody else. The problem over the last three years, it feels like, is where this team falls short is not in the talent department. It's in the details. That's where it always no seems to fall short. They are no they are one of the worst detail-oriented teams in football, it feels like. No question. And ultimately, Bob. does that come down to, is that just McCarthy? Is that the position coaches? Is that Dan Quinn? Who all shares in that sort of issue? issue? Is that ultimately just something where you got to say, look, there's probably a lot of people that contribute to it, but ultimately – that's on the head coach. Or do you say, no, look, this is on the players. The players are the ones who have to execute the details. Bill Parcells, Bill Parcells back in the day would steal games because of attention to detail. You know, the game that the, – the, the, one of the prime games I ever remember, Parcells, was the one that that uh, Billy Cundiff kicked the game-winning field goal. But it turned into a kickoff out of bounds. That was it Matt tur- Bryant kicking out out of bounds with 11 it, seconds left. It, yeah, Exactly. It mm-hmm. turned into a pass, an out of bounds. Then it turned, you know, there were things that were done 
that that were prepped and ready to roll. And I I worry about that. I do, you know, they wanted the, I will give credit to Bones Fossil for coming up with designs and things and they spend a lot of time on special teams and obviously they do a pretty good job of that. But in that situation where they got in trouble, they just completely fell apart. They completely fell apart in the playoff game, you know, in uh against the San, against San Francisco. Yeah. You know, Dak running the ball and then, you know, not, you know, not knowing you have to touch and all this. You know, it's it's just the attention to detail that is going to you win games that way. You know, Mike likes to get in talking about oh, we had a good week of practice. Okay, Mike, we had a good week of practice, but did everybody practice? And I understand the health of the team. I get it. I get it. I understand it's important to be fresh and ready to go and you have a good plan. But there also comes a time where you have to put your team in a situation where they they like, gosh, we worked on this one. Yeah, we worked on this one. Yeah, we did that. We worked on this one. You know, I don't see that. Watch the watch it, Bobby. Watch the all twenty. Watch the routes that were run at the end of the game. The only one that had any type of combination to it was the one that was thrown to CD Lamb. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Everything else, the passes they threw down the field. Or and and Bobby, I'm getting to the point. Maybe this is a whole another subject for a whole another day. I'm getting to the point where I think now, and I I hate saying this because I think it might be really unfair to him. But for this team to win now, maybe it's going to have to be Dak Prescott throwing the ball 40 times a game. You know, maybe that's it. And I hate to say that. I if, if, if he plays like he's played the last three weeks, it, it might Let's be a go. shot. The, the, the problem is he's got, he's got to play like he's played the last three weeks. That's what I'm saying, though. But the last, yeah. you know, we've seen really good Dak Prescott football. And yeah. a couple reads missed, sure. There's some things. Should he throw the ball to Ferguson? On the, sure. Absolutely. There were some things he missed, but by far for the number of times he got sacked, number of times he was pressured, I thought he was outstanding. I really, yeah. really thought he was outstanding. You know, and and you know, now it turns into, you know what? I don't want to hear about how to get the ball to somebody anymore. I really don't. I want to I want to focus now on getting the ball to Lamb, getting the ball to Ferguson. And if if somehow we can get the ball to to Cooks, but I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, you know, I want. I, I if I'm the Cowboys, I I don't think you can fix the running game. I just don't. I you know people are asking about Tony Pollard. I don't see the explosiveness there. Maybe the next three weeks, you know, uh, you'll see them try and run the ball. They'll have some success because the teams you're playing will maybe allow you to run it a little bit better, and then we'll all feel good about it. But to me. You went toe to toe with the Philadelphia Eagles with no running game, none, and 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 almost won that game. That leads me to believe that Dak Prescott's capable of getting in a game where it's going to have to the ball's going to go in the air because your best plays now are throwing the ball to Ceedee Lamb and throwing the ball to to, to to Jake Ferguson. Those are your best plays, you know. You're- and if and if everybody else can supplement. I don't want again. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about well, why not targets for this guy. Why not target? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. If 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 Cooks can find a way to get more opportunities, great. Tolbert, great. Gallup, great. Schoonmaker, great. If you guys can help supplement 
but I'm focusing now on trying to make sure that Lamb and Ferguson are my primary my primary players. And I know it's a dangerous thing to say you only have two players and how you're going to win games. But that's really if you look at the offense, that's what the offense has been. Yeah. You know? It really no, has. We, we 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 talked about it the other day that it the the success of this offense right now really feels like a triangle of Dak Prescott, Jake Ferguson, CD Lamb. That seems to be the yep. the recipe that anything that's done outside of that seems to be unproductive right now. Well, and, uh, and, and we're all yeah we're all talking about we're all talking about well how do you get cooks more how do you get no you know and you know, you need to like Michael Gallup you need to catch that ball for me man you need to catch that ball even though you're you and Ferguson were working a rub pick game you you know he Dak made the determination it's own coverage Ferguson was not going to get the ball you were the open guy you got to catch the ball. You got to make that play. Yeah. So I'm no, not. I, that, that's. I mean, that's a big part. And, and let, let's touch on that next, real quick. Let okay. me remind everybody: you're listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Brian, on the Michael Gallup front, and, and Gallup, he drops that ball in the – that was either the last drive or the second-to-last drive before the half um, for the Cowboys. And when they came out in the third quarter, he was not on the field for the entire yep. first drive of the third quarter. It was Turpin, Tolbert, Lamb, yep. tight ends. Gallup was off to the side the entire time. Um, I, I hate to put it in such blunt terms, but I feel like we, we've we kind of talked around this or – or hinted at it and and played a little coy with it, and it might just be time to just flat out say it. So I'm I'm curious, Brian is uh, right now. Would you describe Michael Gallup as just a bad football player? I wouldn't describe him as a bad football player. I don't think he's a very confident football player right now. But we've seen Michael Gallup throughout his history. He's dealt with the the, the horrible injury. He fought his way back. Uh, he's dealing with things. We've talked about that before. We've seen this. Michael Gallup is who Michael Gallup is. He is going to make a spectacular play for you, or has the capability of. He's going to make a play where he's going to contort his body. He's going to get both feet down. He's going to make a miracle catch, and you're going to go, oh, my gosh. There's going to be two or three games in a row where he plays really, really well, and then he's going to disappear for four more. You know, There's no consistency to his game. There's just no consistency, and that, I Ooh. think, is – the biggest problem there. Who worries you more right now out of the guys who got three? One of them was just a single year. It's not a, a multi-year contract, but who worries you more of three guys who have gotten pretty significant paydays uh, recently? Michael Gallup, Terrence Steele, or Tony Pollard? I think the Pollard one bothers me a lot. I mean, because I feel like he is – it's unfortunate because I don't think he's getting – I don't think – Terrence Steele, the the Terrence Steele, Bobby. Anybody that follows the love of the star or follows you and I on one hundred five three, the fan, or or listens to DallasCowboys dot com, me on the on the break or the draft show, whatever we talk about the platforms we have. You know, we've always kind of talked about 
Terrence Steele as a guy that, you know, like a plus-plus run blocker, but just a okay pass blocker, you know? Yeah, I think – And the word okay is probably bad, but maybe when you say plus-plus run blocker, run blocker, excuse me, maybe a plus pass blocker. I, and, I don't even know that I'd say plus. A, a slightly above average as a pass yeah, blocker okay, probably. Okay, well, that's – yeah. And so, yeah. so you know they're going to be those times. But where he's where he's not – been as good is his strength and that's as a run blocker you know yeah they haven't won nearly enough with him and martin over there there was a time where they were money over on that side you know yeah but they're not getting it from the tight ends over there either with some blocking you know is that an, it, is that an, do you think that's an injury thing i think do, do you terrence, think that's a, just yeah, a, a rehab I think terrence thing terrence steel busted his ass to come back to this point yeah, because you guys got to remember Brown, he, he did he dude, did not all those guys that work with him. Yeah, he was he was not ready to go at the start of training camp. So I mean, he was no. the, he's still relatively fresh coming off that. But here's the thing: is that Steele has if you want to talk about all work ethic teams, Steele's at the very top on this roster. Like that guy yeah. does everything he can to get the most out of his ability. I respect the hell out of who he is as a as a worker uh, and the things that he does and 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 who he is in that locker room. Yeah. Um, I just think that 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 work ethic and and the effort and the study is only going to cover over so much when you're trying to come back from three tears that occurred in that knee. Because yeah. what was it? It was MCL, ACL, and I think it was, it was something else in there. The the MPFL or, or something like. I mean, he tore three different MFL? ligaments in his knee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he tore different, three different ligaments in his mm-hmm. knee. That's that's going to be a lot to recover from. But you know, I. I as Mike McCarthy said on Monday, he's not going to want to use that as an excuse, even though he Mike won't. McCarthy no, kid, wants to say sin. he's not going to. Bobby, I threw so much dirt on that poor kid. I threw so much dirt on that kid, you know, and he has developed and he deserved the contract he got. The one that one that probably will bother you a little bit. And I feel bad for Pollard because he's trying to get a contract. You know, he's yeah. trying to get one. I, I, who was I listening to today? Uh, I, I was listening to somebody, somebody in Dallas thinking about drafting a running back in the first round. Don't be surprised. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I I don't know. I mean, I I feel bad for I feel bad for, for Gallup, but I know what Gallup is. I, 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 have, I know now. It's Isn't not a small, it's not a small body of work anymore. No, it's not small no. Body and we're talking about two, we're talking about Jerry Jones said it with this. He said physical, but he also made sure to emphasize mental that there are mental. There you go. Yes. With, yes. With Gallup. Yes. That's two years removed. Like, like well, at what I think, point? No, I think he was doing about, it last year, Bobby. I think oh yeah. Yeah. Was, no, no, no. I, I do too. I'm saying, but that's two years now of having to deal with that. Oh no. There's something at going what, on at, there. Yeah. At, at what point do we start talking about it in similar terms to the way the organization privately started talking about Jabril Cox before they let go of him, where they said, we just don't know that Jabril Cox is going to be able to like get back from this like, like, like yeah. between the years. That's it's the tough, question, man. I, I, you know, that's a lot of, I hear, I hear the statements. I hear people talk about it. Hey, but I know how hard he fought to get back. I know that he, you know, all those guys that have worked with Britt Brown have come back and it's, it takes time. It just takes time. But I think I have an understanding of what Gallup is. I I don't think Pollard is. I think the thing with Pollard is a healthy Pollard or a guy. And I'm not saying he's not healthy because the Cowboys don't put 
non-healthy players on the field. They just don't do that. that no, he, he's, he's yeah. healthy. But Jerry, the Jerry problem is the he, doesn't have, he doesn't have the burst. And all yeah. of a sudden, when you don't have the burst to get to and through the line of scrimmage, but there's not a whole hell of a lot of holes there either. You know? There's just not. And so that's the one. I, I would not be surprised if we saw more Rico Dowdle. I, I wouldn't. Just for a Rico Dowdle can make somebody miss and it's got a little bit more power to his game. I, I think that if you're going to try and run the ball, and right now it seems like the furthest thing away from what they can really do. They popped a couple of runs. They got fortunate on a couple of blocks. Schoonmaker got the holding call. Hell, they could have called on holding on Ferguson too if they wanted to on that yeah. play. But it's 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 unfortunate. But you know what, Bobby? They're gonna they're gonna put this. I feel like they're gonna have to now just say, you know, we're gonna put this on. We're gonna put this on Dax back. We're gonna put it on Dax back. We're gonna put it on Lamb's back. We're gonna put it on uh, uh, Ferguson's back. Put it on Zach Martin's back. You know, Tyron Smith, because they've got some issues in the line. They've got some issues at the right tackle spot because he's struggling. And the center hasn't played particularly well. No, you know? Biotish has taken a step back, it feels like. Or it, he's, or he might just be banged up. I don't know. Yeah, and it, but you, you, know, you talk to folks and they're, you know, we were always worried about the, what we were worried about, the foot or the ankle. There was something we were worried There's about. There's always that, the ankle. The ankle seems and, to be one yeah. that he turns a lot. Yeah, so, you know, we're... They've just, and then, you know, everybody's kind of taken a turn at having a bad rep or two. That's what I always say. Grade 65 plays. If a lineman has two bad plays, probably had a pretty good day. If a lineman has seven or eight bad plays, you probably had a bad day with that lineman right there, you know. And that's, unfortunately, is they've got a couple of guys that have have had some bad days with, you know, with with, uh, multiple plays. You know, we we talked about Cooks a little bit earlier, and it, it reminded me it was uh, – I, I was reading an article earlier today, actually, about the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and George Pickens is frustrated with his usage right now. Sure. And and how much he's involved in that. And that's a Pittsburgh team right now that's in the playoffs. I believe they have the top wild card spot at the moment uh, in the AFC. And Mike Tomlin uh, – I, I believe they're getting ready to play Green Bay this week. And they are. Mike Tomlin – had a quote about the George Pickens thing where they said, hey, he's really frustrated. And he goes, yeah, I imagine he's frustrated. He wants the ball. He's a competitor. I understand that, blah, blah, blah. But the the term he used was he said, that is a pebble in my shoe. Yeah. He said in in, in the, the process of trying to game plan to beat the Green Bay Packers is yeah. George Pickens wants the ball more. Like that's that doesn't register for me. Um do you think the Cowboys need to have a, a similar approach with these questions that come up with Brandon Cooks and things like that? It's like, hey, look, if it if yeah. it works, it works. But, yeah. man, we, we, we can't worry yes. about trying to force feed anybody other than getting they're the ball to the guys who are – Bobby, they're, ske- yeah, they're scheming to try and get Cooks the ball. He's had some really unfortunate things that happen. He's going to line up on the right side. He's going to work from right side all the way across the field to the left side. And he's going to get separation, and he's going to be open. But what happens? Biotis gets beat right off the jump, like you know, boom, just beat. And now it's Dak, you know, trying to deal with all that in his face and try and find a place to throw the ball. Uh, they run a same similar play. They put uh, Pollard out in the flat, out in motion, outside, empty backfield, scramble drill. 
pressure again. Pollard takes off running inside. Well, who's coming from right to left? Cooks collide in the end zone. Both guys get wiped out. You know, I think that Cooks is having some terrible scheme luck. Terrible scheme luck. They, you know, they say they were like, well, they got to get him the ball. They're trying to get him the ball. They, but he is having some. Seriously, folks, if you don't have to trust me. <laughs> Go get that all twenty-two. You can sit down. You can and just watch, watch number three play. Watch him play. Remove, removing the luck from it, and the luck obviously being a big part of it. But but luck out of the equation. How do you break up the responsibility for the lack of of production from Cooks? If you were to take these three people, Brandon Cooks, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, how do you break up the responsibility? I, it's hard of- to say, Bobby. It's hard to say because I see them trying. Like they they. You know, like the past, like we talked about the once the 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 cover two beater that they threw against uh, you know, the schoonmaker that was dropped. Cooks was wide open in the end zone. They get a blitz. They get a blitz. Morrow, the linebacker, blitzes right. They run. They, they run a double. They run double picks, and they you know this was the schoonmaker pass. The schoonmaker down at the one or down at the you know on the goal line. He's down. They, they run double picks and they get a blitzer to the side that the they actually win on the route, you know. Maybe you know maybe Dak and I, I don't know Bobby. I need to ask. I need to ask this question, but it looked like to me that they could have turned the furthest guy loose from the ball, you know, on the outside. So Martin and Steele handle the blitzer, handle the guy. Now the furthest guy from the ball is Dak's guy. You know, maybe maybe there was a bust, but there you go. Blitzer, Morrow, right, and, right, right hits Dak. And maybe Dak knew I have to throw the ball to the left because I got a blitzer coming off the right. And they, yeah. didn't, ha- they didn't handle that well, but what did they do? The guys on the right, uh, Lamb and Cooks, perfectly executed a pick. Perfectly. Yeah, he was wide co- open. Yeah. But, you know, are you going to throw the ball into the blitzer? Maybe yeah. not. So that's that's scheming a guy, but all of a sudden, you know, defenses sometimes guess right. They, it, they it feels, some, it feels like since week three uh, against Arizona, it, it feels like they've tried to figure something out. They've tried. I remember it was it was the second drive in week three. I remember they tried to run a boot and take a shot down the field to Cooks, and it just got taken away. Or, yeah. but it feels like I've noticed more of. Let's try to get the ball to him since that's, then. And it just it, it hasn't worked out yet. That's why they hate the questions about it. Oh, and Mike McCarthy's tired of it. He's, he's getting tired, tired of, of it. the questions. You know why he's tired of it? Because honestly, and I'm defending Mike on this one, he's trying. He, I, I really do believe he's trying to get this guy the ball. He's setting things up to try and get him the ball, and it's not working out. I think that's why they're – that's why I think Cook's – is not losing his damn mind right now because he knows they're that trying. They're trying. To get, they're trying. Yeah. Because if it, if it wasn't, he would be like like Pickens. Well, they got to get me the ball. They got to get me the ball. They got to, you know, he'd be that guy. Mm-mm. He knows that they're trying to get him the ball. They just have not, whether it's luck, whether it's good defense by the opponent. I mean, we talked about early in the, early in the Jets game, they try and run again that, that cross again. Yep. And and what what are the what are the uh what's the what's the uh the Jets doing? Instead of playing man and going with the flow, they played zone 
and there's three guys waiting for Cooks on the other side of the field. Yeah. Is, you know, they're trying to get him the ball, but, you know, Dak's not going to force it to him if he sees, if he sees, you know, if he sees something, you know, crazy like that, you know. So anyway, I, I, there's a lot going on there. But to me, I think the big, the big picture thought of this whole thing ride Dak, ride Lamb, ride Ferguson, and whoever else shows up that day, if it's, if it's a Noah Brown day or whoever, or, you know, whoever, yeah. whoever, uh, I, I say Noah Brown, but you know what I meant? That, no, that I know, third I know fourth guy. I get know, it. Yeah. It's, Fill in the blank. Turpin, Cooks, uh, Gallup, you know, Schoonmaker, whoever it is, whoever that, uh, Dowdle, Pollard, whoever that is, you know, I'm, my focus is, okay, how do I, how do I how do I work with my weapons that I know that I can absolutely you, go to and make plays with? Even if you even if everybody knows they're going to get the ball, they still make plays. You listen to Jerry with us on Tuesday, I'm sure. Yeah. Did it sound to you like that it did to me anyway? It sounded like a, a big thing of what he was hitting at was if we're not going to be able to get Pollard going in the run game, we're going to start throwing him passes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it sounded it sounded to me like he yeah. was going to become their third option in the passing yep. game was Pollard. Yep. And so I think that that's something to watch closely. I just and we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll talk about potentially how Martavis Bryant fills in all this. We we didn't even have yeah. time to really get yeah, on that I was, today. I, I was talking to some people in the organization about that real quick, Bobby, and it was like, listen, practice squad guy need to see where he's at. We'll work with him if he can if he can help him. We'll figure it out. I I was told don't read into this. Just don't. No, he's 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 not even where Josh Gordon was probably no, when no, when Gordon no. got brought. Mm-mm, but mm-mm. but Martavis Bryant back in the day, six four guy who could run four four two. Like I mean, there, he he was an impressive legit, legit athlete. Player. He just he could never stay out of trouble. This is definitely yep. a uh, you know it's a it's, it's I wouldn't say it's a hail mary. It's just you know buy low, see see if the the stock booms a little bit. Absolutely. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, where we turn things over to our dear sweet listeners for their takes. And By the way, and can I topics. say thank you to all those yeah. guys and gals that do that? Really yeah, do absolutely. appreciate everybody out there. Seriously, I, I know we're halfway through this season, and you know, you guys have been ride and die with us the whole time and really, really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it just it means a lot to to us to to get to do this. I, I'm sorry. We we're kind of dealing with a lot of different things right now with our radio jobs. But, you know, this is one of the favorite things that we absolutely yeah. do. So thank you, guys. Really. Absolutely. And and uh, a question from somebody who listens to our, our radio side, because his name is Tolo Vic, which Tolo go. is what we call our listeners over at 105 through the fan. Uh, Vic is saying, how do you guys see the linebacker rotation playing out the rest of the season? Any other potential free agent acquisitions? It was interesting hearing Steven Jones on 105 through the fan on Monday where he sort of, it, it felt like was the most pessimistic they had sounded yet yeah. that Vander Esch may Vander not Esch, come back yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, it sounded a little troubling there. What's interesting is, is that while Clark has, uh, you know, uh, taken majority of the reps there, They've been giving some work to Marquise Bell, who's played well at times. Sure has. Um, it's interesting that they've they've essentially, at least the last couple weeks, it feels like Wanye Thomas has been pulled out of the equation a little bit for them. That's a shame. 
What do you that's think that, that is? Because I don't think the safety play has been particularly great. I don't know how you see it, Bobby, but no. you know, I kind of feel like And that, Thomas is a guy who can play some hybrid linebacker stuff. He's not as big no as question. Bell, but they, they have him play Tough, both. Tough, smart, active, can cover. Uh, you know, I mean, I you know, he's the personal protector on the punt team. That's the guy that, like the up back. You're no dummy playing that spot. You got to be able to count them off. You got to get everybody in the right spot. If you do your job poorly, you're going to get one blocked. Uh, no, this this. I think there's a couple of guys that really need to need. To, I actually think there's three guys that need to play more. I think Turpin needs to play more. I absolutely feel like that uh, that Thomas needs to play more for for me. And you know, and I I just I just feel like though that those are the guys that. You know, when you when you watch them, when you watch the opportunities that they get, that they make the best of it. And I think there's I think Turpin like drove me nuts with not fair catching the ball or getting up and, you know, not hitting it to the ground. Yeah, that but that that cost you seven seconds or whatever. It, it costs you it costs you a little time. I think I said three guys. I meant two guys there. Let's think of the third guy it was uh but yeah, Turpin and oh, oh, Rico Dowdle. Rico Dowdle. I'm sorry, that was the third one that I had. Now it's it's I'm curious. This is not the linebacker rotation question. Oh no, but, but yeah, it, let me but, let me but, ask but you that. Yeah, yeah, let me ask. Oh that. no, no, no. I, I was going to say specific to this last game we saw the Goddard play where Goddard uh, fractures the arm. He's now uh-huh. out for four weeks or whatever. Did That's you? Hurt you them. Uh, well, it's going to hurt them. But I was a little surprised nobody at Philly got a shot at after that. Did you think that was uh, that, that was a little bit of an unnecessary arm bar? No, he tried to, tried to stiff arm the guy. But it, it felt like he kind of like wrapped his arm under a little. I was, I just thought, gotta, I, look, look, do what you got to do. I'm just surprised on the ground. From, I'm just yeah. surprised nobody from Philly reacted. That's a big. I that was a big play. That was a big yeah. play in the game. I mean, and no, I mean you got to get the guy on the ground. Injuries like that they do happen. Hell, Dak got tackled from behind in the Giants game. You know, I mean, nobody feels sorry for you in these things. I, I'm. I know that sounds cold and cold and you know heartless and all that, but you got to get the guy on the ground. The linebacking situation, Bobby, though, is at Clark a critical, and Bell. It's at a crit- critical yeah, point. Yeah, Clark, Clark and Bell's the linebacker group that's, right, that's, outside yeah. of whatever Parsons gives you every now and then. Well, in, 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 you know, the, the guy that they brought on uh, from the pro- – Rashawn Evans. Uh, yeah. Now – Who okay. actually went to Bama, so he's allowed to get in your face about it. He's LSU. allowed to get in my face all he wants. And congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Evans. I'll tell you this, though. The penalty he got on the kickoff team – yeah, Un- unexcusable penalty. You know yeah. he gets double teamed and he rips the guy's helmet off, and the ball's in the end zone. You yep. ripping the guy's helmet off when the ball is already in the end zone for the touchback. Two times that team got the ball at the forty yard line, scored both times. Yeah, amazing. You yeah, know, it, was a, it was a huge so part of can it. I, can I trust you to you know if you're gonna if you're gonna make critical penalties during a uh, a game? Can I count on you? I might have to, but. Right now, it looks very much like uh, uh, Clark and Bell are your primary linebackers. Uh, this is a general question that we've gotten from uh, in a couple different versions. Uh, John asked this question. JJ asked this question. Uh, JJ was, do we expect anything from well, Let's Go this year, potentially sliding over, covering some for Steel? John had asked about, do you talk about moving Awesome Richards over to the right side, maybe taking some reps from Steel? Yeah. I don't think they're ready to replace no. Steel. It sounded not, like no. Jerry Jones was was adamant in yeah. in giving his support. 
Um, yeah. But but let's say let's say steel were to go down, Brian. Let's say something were to happen to steel. What would be your contingency? Would it just be have Adoga slide over and play right? Would it be Richard? Yeah, I think yeah, I think Adoga would play right tackle. That's what I think they would do. I don't think they want to move. I know I would I yell about uh, moving Tyler Smith. I, I don't think they're moving Tyler Smith at all. I really don't. No, no. They need they need Tyron Smith to keep playing like he did. I know somebody asked me the question. I've actually brought it up on the radio today on our show on the G-Bag Nation 105.3 The Fan. Uh, would you bubble wrap Tyron Smith the next three weeks and not play him at all? And, nope, and I, th- I wouldn't. Yeah. Other, other than the Giants, maybe, because the Giants can't score points. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Carolina Giants commanders, right? Is that the three you got? Commanders would worry me. I, I think you need somebody to protect for you against the commanders. They gave up all their edge rushers, right? They they, they ch- gave up two of them, but I mean they they still they can still bring some pressure. We'll, we'll oh, get no, to the I, Washington I, tape in a couple weeks. They I know. can still bring some. Oh pressure. no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying there. I just wondered, but then again, I thought about it. Tyron Smith's on a uh, pay for play basis right now too. Yeah, he so would not be he would not okay go with for that. that. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think he was already not okay with not playing yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Andrew is the Texas coast scheme being pushed to the side when plays net negative results. And therefore do you think backyard football, uh, Dak is the plan going forward just to find an open CD. It it does feel like there's been a little bit more improvisation, Brian, I got to say the, the most encouraging play I saw on Sunday. Do you know what it was on offense? Uh no, tell me this. What 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 was your? Do you have one that stood out that you're like, oh man, that that makes me feel really good about Dak Prescott right now, or really good about where they? Well, I I, I look down, I look down. Uh, it's Dallas seven, Philadelphia seven, uh, third and thirteen. Uh, uh Prescott to Lamb for twenty yards. And that he was a to, nice one. And he had I, to avoid. Uh, he had to avoid a uh, uh, Reddick on the play. That that was a that was near the top for me though. The best play was the. Uh, the big pass play he hit to Tolbert, where he yeah. he's sliding up and down in the pocket. Oh, he yeah. improvises. Yeah. He yeah. points. Yeah. He yeah. he he's direct. He's direct in traffic. Tolbert sees what he's doing. You know they're in sync. That makes me feel really good about the connection that Tolbert has with Dak. Dak's ability to just kind of play free, play loose. It does feel like the last three weeks. I don't want to start any like make any claims or start any controversy or anything like that. It does feel like there's been a little bit more to me, Brian, over the last three weeks. Of reversion back to the old offense. Reversion back to the old offense, but a little bit more of your quarterback just saying, F it, I'm going I, to just make a play here. I agree because because he has we you know, we always talk about oh, he has to have a running game and oh he has to have a, a an offensive line and all that. And it's like, you know what? He's running the ball when he can. He's moving around in the pocket. He's making some really good throws. He's making some really good decisions with the ball. So if this turns into Dak having to throw the ball to Lamb and Ferguson and any other supplemental pieces they have, find a way to help Steele on certain blocking situations. Maybe have Martin keep a little bit closer eye what's going on with Biotish. You know, maybe the guards, maybe Smith and Martin kind of keep a little bit of an eye on what's going on inside. But they, if they can kind of help those two guys and they turn this into a legitimate passing offense with sprinkled in runs, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I know it's probably not. It reminds me very much of what Tampa Bay did with Brady last year. Is last year yep. when they, you know, they didn't have a running game and they just threw the ball every snap. Yeah, but it ended up being an 8-9 season. 
But you know what? I, I don't think that we're magically going to wave a wand and the running game is going to improve. I just I don't see that right now. No, I, I don't think so. I think you're right about that one. Uh, speaking of the running game, though, and we've talked a lot today, you've talked about, uh, you know, more Dowdle. And I think that's something that we are probably going to get here soon. Um, last question here from Travis Jones. A lot of people asking about more Dowdle. Travis is asking, can we get some more Malik Davis can we get some work from Malik Davis? I'll say this, Brian. I, I, I don't know about you. And I, I think there are things to like about Malik Davis. I think that he's he's got, uh, you know, uh, a well-rounded game. He's kind of jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I think Rico Dowdle's better. And I think that this football oh, team yeah. likes I, – I think this team yeah. likes Dowdle a significant amount more than Malik Davis. And not as any sort of an indictment. It's just – Dowdle's never been healthy for them. This is the first never. year he's been healthy. Right. But if, to be honest, if if he would have been healthy in 2020, he would have been getting work all the way back to 2020 yeah. during the COVID year because they like him. They have always yeah. liked him. No, I agree. Uh, you know, they're having a hard time now. They, they can't even get Deuce Vaughn active. So, uh, you know, that's what it is. But to me personally, I mentioned the three guys I like to see more opportunity. Dowdle being one of them, Turpin, and then and then Wanye uh, Thomas. Those are my three guys. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll bring a couple more episodes to you this week. A a look at Brian. I I, I don't know if there's a worse punishment one can can go through than having to about study to, the Giants' offense. About to this do week. it right now. Oh gosh, Susan, like, team averaging yeah. six points a game at home this year, Brian. That's what they're averaging. Yeah, well. I have, uh, I'm about to sit down and watch them on defense first, and then Ooh, I'll do the yeah. offense. So yeah, yeah, get get to defense, and then we'll that'll give you some time to. We got to take a couple to, more shows this week too, right? We so, do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gives you gives you a chance to to pray a little um, before you have to actually watch Brian Dayball's offense. Before uh, next year, we welcome Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams to the Giants as a, <laughs> a, a tandem. Uh, I, I don't mean to put that evil on everybody, but for Brian Broaddus, uh, I'm Bobby Belt. If you did not go to the team that's playing LSU, just shut the hell up. Don't get in Brian's face about it, okay? Let the man be. Let be him watch a, his... Be a fan. Be a fan all you want, but if you don't be an attend, ass. don't be an ass <laughs> fan. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you guys again next time.